What's up, guys? Andrew Cooper here, aka Coupe Fiasco on Twitter. This is Coop's Fantasy Football Fiasco. I'm from Fantasy Alarm, sponsored by Better Sports Network, and we're here talking FFPC, talking ball today. Uh, we're wrapping up the second series. First series we did last month, overview all the positions, nice and easy, just looking at everything. Now, this series, we're doing actual strategies, actual draft strategies for each position. And I'm like you guys when it comes to this stuff. Honestly, I'm still a consumer of fancy content all the time. I mean, I was a Redditor for 10 years. I'm still on Reddit all the time. I'm doing the AMA on Monday. Uh, I joined Twitter. Uh, someone basically made me join Twitter three or four years ago once I got in the industry. But Reddit's where I've been at. Uh, and I search out certain types of people for the content that I want. So if I'm going to look at zero RB, I'm going to look at somebody like Kevin Tompkins. And that's why we brought him on. And the guest for today is someone very specific for late round quarterbacks. I'm like, okay, what are we doing for quarterback? Let's look and see what the Konami code guy thinks, right? So we're going to bring on Rich Rebar next segment. We're doing it the same way we did it with the other four topics. We're doing, I'm going to go through the elite guys. We're going to bring on a guest to break down the actual strategy itself. This time, you know, we did uh, zero RB. We did robust RB. Last week, I did yin and yang tight end. This week, we're waiting on QB. So we're going to figure out how to sort that strategy out the best way to do it this year. But, you know, again, just like you, I'll search out the best people for it. And I'll tell you what, I still like Reddit better than Twitter personally. Twitter is great. The analogy I have for it is picture yourself being a band, right? On Twitter, everyone's following you because they already kind of like you, or at least they want to know what you're saying. That's like if you're a band like Primus and you're playing a concert and it's all your fans, you're going to get more positive feedback. On Reddit, that's like going to Bonnaroo and you're playing to a bunch of people that are there not to see you. Not, they're not, they might not be there for the music. They're just there to hang out. So your stuff better be good and they're going to tell you if it's not. So that's why you know Twitter's fun for the positive feedback and the memes and everything. But if you want to really get better at this game and get better at writing, get better at all those things, go over to Reddit and drop your stuff over there and see what they have to say because those guys will let you know exactly what's up. And you guys, let me know exactly what's up with this show. If you like it, if you don't, who you want to see as guests, I'm always open to it. And I love when you guys trickle in the chat and hang out. Scampers, what's up, brother? What's going on, guys? So let's get to the topic at hand. Quarterback this week. Uh, we're going to be looking at the elite guys now. We'll bring in Rich Rebar, and then I'll wrap it up with the dynasty guys after. This year, everyone that's done a draft so far or a mock draft, what you'll notice is that quarterbacks are going higher than ever. And it's been trending up the last couple of years, but this year it's really hit a peak. I mean, we see three quarterbacks going by the end of round two. You have four or five by the end of round three. And by the end of rounds four to five, sometimes seven, eight guys off the board. That is wild to me, considering the history of this game. I mean, even just last year, I looked at it, 2022, one QB off the board by round two was Josh Allen. By the end of round two, only one other guy went, Justin Herbert. And by the end of round four, you basically saw Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow go. That was it. Like first four or five rounds, maybe four QBs. This year, seven or eight. I I personally believe that best ball and the proliferation of that is to blame with people drafting Kelsey in the first round, having to stack with Mahomes, drafting Stephon Diggs and A.J. Brown, having to stack Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Of course, 
Chase, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins go so early that someone's going to reach on Joe Burrow and it just pushes the whole thing, right? Someone takes Mark Andrews, they turn around and take Lamar Jackson and it's carried over now into this format here. And there's honestly, in my opinion, room to make some money by waiting on quarterback. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I will say this though. I wanted to point out that the shift from quarterback, part of it could be due to best ball, but another part of it is that right now, quarterbacks are scoring more points than they ever have in the past. I decided to go and see if there was anything behind the trend numbers wise. And there is something there, right? I took uh, players that have played at least half a season and, and looked at the all time seasons in terms of points per game, right? In at quarterback, 10 of the top 20 seasons in points per game have come in the last three years, just the last three years, you know, guys like Jalen Hurts and, and Josh Allen, and obviously Patrick Mahomes lighting the world on fire. 10 of the all-time 20 seasons in points per game. So it doesn't matter if there was 14 games or 16 games or 17 games or whatever have come in the last three years. Compare that to wide receiver, two. Only two. Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams crack the list. The rest of them, it, it's older guys. The Jerry Rice is the world. And, and even, you know, going back to guys like Randy Moss and Terrell Owens, like it's, it's not quite the same right now. At running back, one. One. The big names, you know, obviously there's when you go back through all time, you're going to run into like Eric Dickerson and stuff like that. But the whole era with, you know, Priest Holmes and Sean Alexander and LaDainian Tomlinson and Marshall Falk, those those days aren't coming back. It's split backfields now. So the only season from the last three years that cracks the top 20 in points per game is Alvin Kamara in 2020. So there is a little bit behind the trend at tight end. Obviously, it, it's easy. It's four four of the top 20, and they were two Travis Kelsey, one Mark Andrews, one Darren Waller. We already, we already kind of do that, you know. But that's that's what's pushing the trend. And so part of it is is best ball. Part of it is that narrative, but there is something behind it. But me personally, deep in my heart, I still feel the same way that I did back in early 2000s, same way I did back in 2010, same thing I did back in 2015, right? In 2016, uh, you know, Quarterbacks, you could get them whenever. 2018, one quarterback went off the board in the first three rounds. One quarterback compared to this year where there's five. And, you know, the QB4 back then was going off the board in the sixth round. So QBs, I mean, they were lying all over the ground there. I still feel the same way where I look at my team at the end of the draft. And if I take a quarterback early, I just don't feel that good about it. Especially if I, even when I stack Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, I look at my team and I say, where are my studs? Where are my running backs? Where are my wide receivers? And my heart and my head, they still feel that way today. And if you feel that way, then this is the show for you. Because we're going to go through the elite guys now and say where and when you just say, okay, enough is enough and draft them. But if you do fade them all, we'll tell you how to piece it together with the later round guys coming up second segment with Rich Rebar. So uh, first things first, let's look at the ADPs for these elite guys. For that, as always on this show, we're using FFPC ADP. I use that because these guys have serious skin in the game. These leagues, I know you can play leagues from, from $5 all the way up to 5000 over there, but you don't usually go over to FFPC to play $5. Of course you can, but the real ones, the $2,000 main event, those leagues are dead serious. And it's only high stakes, serious gamers playing. And I like to see what they're doing because they're the ones that make the moves first. They were way ahead on Darren Waller and had him up at tight end four, 
now sometimes going at three way before the rest of the industry. And now you see in your drafts, when you do real drafts, when you look at like the Queens classic and, you know, the Kings classic from FSGA, that's where those guys are going. So these guys are ahead of the game. That's why we look at theirs. Uh, so what we have for the elite guys, Earned Dog, if you could pull up that graphic, we, we earned, Ernie put a nice little graphic together for us to help visualize it. You've got Patrick Mahomes going in the second round, Jalen Hurts, second round, Josh Allen, second round, crazy town with those guys. Me personally, my policy on both quarterback and tight end has been the same for quite some time here where I'm only taking a quarterback once all the players are gone that could be the number one flex player in the league. At the, we talk about positional scarcity. We talk about all these other things. At the end of the day, the number one flex player is the guy that scores the most fantasy points as a position player. And I'll tell you what, it's never been a tight end. No matter how good Travis Kelsey's been and how great positional scarcity is and all those things, it's actually never, it's never happened at tight end. So I make basically what I do is I make a big list of running backs and wide receivers that I think could be the best player in the league. As simple as that. And then when those guys are gone and they're spent, then I start taking a quarterback. And for me, that's not until the very end of the second round, often the early third round. So I really don't end up with much Patrick Mahomes, and I'm okay with that. And Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, my policy on them is I will take them, but it's it's at like the 2-3 swing. If they get there, then I really I can't let them go, but they very rarely make it that far. Anybody that joined us for the Fantasy Alarm best ball draft that we did uh, two days ago, Josh Allen did make it to the swing there. And I would have taken him in the next round if he had fallen, but he, you know, they usually don't make it past that. So for those first three guys, that's my policy. I'm taking him in the third round if they're there. And that often, uh, that means I'm not getting him. So, and that's fine with me, honestly. Lamar Jackson is a guy, that's one of the few guys that I will take at ADP. I'll take Lamar Jackson at ADP just because we've seen the difference making upside for him. It's the same as what we see from Jalen Hurts, it's better than what you get for Justin Fields. This guy's been an MVP of the league where he led the league in passing touchdowns and also ran for like double-digit touchdowns. We're talking like Cam Newton MVP season style of play. That is just different difference making. And them bringing in Todd Munkin to run the air raid and change things up, it means all the difference to me, honestly. So I'm willing to take him at ADP. But again, if you are just committed to late round QB, only take him if he slides. That that really is how you should treat these elite guys if you want to go late late QB with us is only take them if they slide. Uh, a guy like Joe Burrow right now, I'm hands off just because of the calf injury. I will gladly let someone else take Joe Burrow, and I'll take Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, I already have money on him to lead the league in passing yards because last year he was second in the league in passing yards. And with Joe Lombardi, when you sort you know the guys that uh, played at least five or six games, he had the 34th A dot in the league. The average depth of target. For those keeping track at home, there are 32 teams. So this guy, even with a dink and dunk offense, had the second most passing yards. And now they bring in Kellen Moore, who Mike McCarthy shooed away because he's scoring, quote unquote, too many points. Uh, Earned out, you can bring that graphic down if you want now. He's scoring too many points and he's not giving the defense time to rest. I mean, my goodness, doesn't that sound good for fantasy football? Doesn't that sound good for uh, laying a little scratch on the uh, to lead the league in passing yards, right? So yeah, give me Justin Herbert. Those are the two guys I'm really taking there. I'm not taking Joe Burrow. I'm not really taking uh, Justin Fields. I will take, but somebody always gets froggy and takes him way earlier. The ADP of 42 QB seven. That's not how it really goes down in the expert leagues I do and the mock drafts and in the hometown leagues where my buddies just go wild. 
he Justin Fields, he never really slides, quote unquote. So I'm taking Lamar Jackson if he slides. I'm taking Justin Herbert if he slides. And then Trevor Lawrence, I put in this group because his ADP is 50 and he is separated from next next crew. But again, what are we really expecting from him in terms of difference making upside? Can he be a guy that goes full 2013 Peyton Manning and throws 55 touchdown passes? Possibly. Honestly, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't necessarily rule it out. But if he's only going to run for 200, 300 yards, then he kind of has to. There's a whole group of guys, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, that kind of have to do that to a certain degree to have that upside. I'd rather bet on Justin Herbert with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and uh, Quentin Johnston and Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert essentially being a top five QB all time in points per game when you sort quarterback points per game quarterbacks that play at least five or six games. He's top five all time in, in fantasy points per game, right? So I have no problem taking Justin Herbert there. Trevor Lawrence is still just a little too hypothetical. So if you want to take advantage of those with me, go over to myffpc.com, use promo code ALARM, and they'll match uh, 25 bucks if you deposit 35 or more. So that's what I'm doing. If I'm playing this late round QB game, then I'm taking uh, Lamar Jackson if he slides. I'm taking Joe Burrow. I'm sorry, Justin Herbert if he slides. And that's about it because we can piece it together. And there's a, especially in a single QB league, there's a lot of guys out there that uh, could, I mean, there's guys that have been the MVP of this league that are going QB 15 and 16. There's a guy going 15 that's been a back-to-back MVP of the league. So we can piece it together. And that's why when it comes to this stuff, I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to talk about what I'm doing and people want to hear that. But what they really want to hear is from the experts of the experts when it comes to certain positions. Me, everyone knows I'm a bit of a tight end guy. So when we did yin and yang tight end, I talked the whole time last week. I talked my face off. Today, if we're going to go with a QB guy, why wouldn't we go with the Konami Swami? Why wouldn't we bring in Rich Rebar himself and, and ask him what he thinks? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to hear real quick from our guys that, oh, actually, why don't we just bring him on? Forget the ads, Rebar. There's no time. There's, we only have an hour here, right? <laughs> hey, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, I listen, we, anytime we can bump some ads, uh, I think the people appreciate it. Nah, yeah, forget it. We'll we'll do a uh, when when you take off, we'll we'll throw a little FFPC in there. We'll hear from those guys. I do like to hear from those guys. It's they got some good takes, but I mean, time is money, right? <laughs> yeah, listen, uh, it's, it's it's that type of season. Everyone's got drafts this weekend and next. It's kind of like the two kind of weekends that we're just looking forward to the most, and then it all begins. It's like the Jesse Spano gif, you know. Uh, you know, it's so excited and also so scared. I'm starting to prep like the week one worksheet, and it's like, oh, it's here. Like it's, analyzing week one games. It's crazy, man. It is crazy that you know we we do this all year round, but best ball. It's nice and all, but it's nothing like that hometown draft that you set for like Labor Day weekend, right? That's that's what it's really all about, man. So. Yeah, I mean, I love uh, the best ball leagues. And I love that you keeps a pulse and like the ebb and flow of like player movement, you know, throughout the offseason. But there's still nothing like your your redraft leagues, especially with the camaraderies involved, right? Like the get, getting together with your friends. Uh, my home league's up to 17 years this year, and it's largely an excuse for us all to get together. Like the prize and stuff like is fine, but like it's fun to just get together and hang out. Exactly. It's, oh my God, the home team traditions and like the, the trash talk during the draft is, I mean, it doesn't get, it doesn't get better. We have a lot of traditions with ours. Obviously everyone takes a, uh, finishes their drink. The first time a Patriot is drafted. We're all new England guys where I live. Uh, we also, uh, someone always picks a player that's already been picked. They get the, uh, 
the annual Ruben Drones Award. One time my buddy got so hammered during the draft that he picked Ruben Drones like four times. Himself. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> it was the best. We like, so every year we're like, dude, when are you taking Ruben Drones, bro? But yeah, the Ruben Drones Award for the inevitable multiple draft. I mean, he was, he was the highest guy on his board every time it came up. <laughs> every time it came around dude so yeah one beer later he was the ruben jones man he didn't even have he didn't even get him somebody else took him like way before so too funny man. <laughs> that's uh, the best part is he didn't even have the guy <laughs> they, they never got him never got him once but anyway we didn't bring you in to talk ruben drones we brought you in to talk qb strategy uh again uh the konami code man it's crazy when you can invent a word that becomes a real word right like it's like kleenex dude Nobody says tissues. Nobody says mobile quarterback. It's the Konami quarterback. So that's pretty cool, man. I know you've probably heard that enough, but uh, pretty cool stuff. But I want to ask you, um, so I just went through the top eight quarterbacks. We had uh, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. If you are going to take one of those guys, which one are you taking? I mean, obviously, so I want to take the the third of the top three guys that could be in any order, right? Like they're all kind of, they, they could be mixed up. I personally have Hertz one, but so like if I was able to get Hertz at QB three, like at a palatable price, like that would be the most ideal situation. Obviously you're at the mercy of the room, right? Like how aggressive is your room on quarterbacks? Sometimes, you know, you, you I always tell people like, you know, your league better than I do. Sometimes quarterbacks will go later, right? Like uh than you expect so you kind of just have to play it by ear sometimes they're hyper aggressive so each room is different but you never want to be the first person to take a quarterback because you don't know when qb2 is coming off the board now granted those three guys are typically clustered up and in more or less drafts they'll be in a tight pocket but what if you know you take patrick Mahomes first and it's 18 picks later and Josh Allen goes. Dude, isn't like, that the worst feeling? It's just a terrible feeling. You don't know. And so, you, I, mean, <laughs> I, I honestly will just start like, I'll start saying stuff. If I do that, I'll be like, oh man, if you don't have a QB now, you're screwed. Even though I have the only one. <laughs> but you got to start trying to get that QB run going. So, so, I mean, you look at the history. So the quarterback has changed, uh, especially like the, in recently. So uh, particularly the past three years. Uh, but even with some regression last year, I mean, last season's top 24 scoring quarterbacks still had their third highest correlation rate to points per game. And even with some late round QB hits last year, when you reduce that to the top 12 quarterbacks, the QB ones, it remained just as strong. In the past three seasons, top 12 quarterbacks and their ADP carry a, a correlation to fantasy points per game of over 50%, which is absolutely mm. bonkers. That we're get- and, it's, and it's really easy to kind of see where, how we got there is because gamers have been able to identify the archetype of quarterbacks that are just really hard to combat in fantasy. You know, when I wrote the original Konami yeah, code. Pretty, pretty much your fault, by the way. It is. But when I wrote that article 10 years ago, it's going to be 10 years old this September, wow. which is dating me. But, you know, it was about how the rushing performance for quarterbacks that were perceived bad quarterbacks was undervalued. The Tim Tebow's, you think of like when Taysom Hill got the start. Justin Fields last year was kind of a more traditional Konami quarterback. But as time has progressed and just more athletes are playing the position of quarterback, it was only a matter of time till we started to get good passers that were athletes too. And once that happened, like the floodgates open and people were to say like, oh, like, because you can always arbitrage some passing, right? From, because right. there still is a surplus more of pocket passers than there are athletic quarterbacks, which is great because we still don't know where the ceiling for like this goes. But gamers have been able to say like, oh, I've got Josh Allen, who not only is rushing for 700 yards and five plus rushing touchdowns, he's also throwing 35 passing touchdowns and 4,000 yards. And that combination is just hard to beat. And it's made really hard for like that sub tier of guys. When you look at like Burrow, Herbert, 
and Trevor Lawrence. They, those guys do give you a little bit of rushing, but those guys have to be so prestige from right. a passing level that you know, it, it like to even compete with being the QB one overall, which I believe is thin, but they have to throw like 40 plus passing touchdowns. And that's just like hard to bet on, like even for guys that good and then maybe being the most probable guys that do it. It's just hard to say like, I need 40 passing touchdowns on my quarterback this year. This is really hard. So like even that subset tier of like uh, Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields, who are kind of like sandwiched in between those guys, like those guys kind of belong in their own space, just because if you do get the passing from those guys, like those other guys still can't catch them. Uh, they may they may not be as safe as like the Burroughs, the Lawrences, and the Herberts from a passing stance. But if you do get that combination, it's just hard to flag down that archetype. And, and gamers have identified it. Right. It's like if you look at Josh Allen, he's basically Kirk the passing of Kirk Cousins or a Jared Goff plus the rushing of like Aaron Jones. You know what I mean? Like the, which means that guys like Cousins and Goff will almost never catch up unless they go crazy. And, and the mistake people make is. They try to say, well, all right, I'm going to do six point passing touchdowns, right? It's going to, it's going to reduce the Konami, but it's like tight end premium. All you do is you make the really great players even that much better. Like if you give Josh Allen six point passing touchdowns, he just becomes even better. It's the same thing with Kelsey and tight end premium. Like you don't make like, like you neuter some of like the traditional Konami guys. Like you would make Anthony Richardson worse probably in a six point passing touchdown league, but you just make the elite guys even better. Exactly. It's like my bathroom's flooding. Why don't we just put, we'll put more water in there and wash that water out. Right. That's what you're doing with the six point passing touchdown. Uh, and I will say about your, so your Konami card code article 10 years ago, I've got like a list of kind of uh, my, my personal article hall of fame, which uh, Konami's in there. The Sean Siegel's uh, fragility, you know, oh, yeah. the, the fragility that was 10 years ago too. And now you look at the landscape and it's, that's like the most popular strategy. Right. Those are the two most popular strategies. So 10 years, that, that means 2029 or so people will actually start using yin and yang tight end, I bet. <laughs> there you go, saying, what are you talking? Like, what is that? What are you talking about? Right. So uh, my time will come, Rich. My time will come. Uh, but yeah, man, it's just cool that that to have something like that tied to your name where you set the tone. Uh, so why don't we get into it, man? Why don't we get into it? Um, the top eight guys off the board. Uh, let's say hypothetically, this is what I've been doing is I just throw people into the situation where you took value everywhere else. Here you are. So in your draft, uh, if you got a back end QB one group earned dog, if you can pull up uh, nine through 12. So these are these guys, you know, in your typical 12 man league, not everybody, not everybody ever drafts. I mean, sometimes no one drafts two, but these guys should go. So in this group, who are you most likely to take or most likely to fade? Or are you just pulling the same, movie you talked about earlier where you say, Hey, you know what? I'll let the other three guys pick who I pick. Yeah. So I, I wrote an article about ADP again. I kind of do relitigate it like every year, just kind of follow the ebb and flow. And, you know, I highlighted that, that, that back end pocket of QB ones is typically the most fragile group to buy. And I've also identified it from an archetypical stance of like looking at the guys that bust at the highest rate. And it is the guys that don't run. Uh, so when you look at it, like say like last year, for example, uh, you know, the guys that were the major disappointments in area, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, uh, Aaron Rodgers, like these guys that don't run, these are like the guys that have your high bust rates, but people start the roster fill, right? You know, you get in that back third, you're like, all right, I missed out on the top eight. I don't have a quarterback and they panic and they say like, all right, well, I'm just going to take the next guy. And you end up taking say Dak Prescott, right? Like he's kind of fits that mold. Like Dak's not running anymore. It, mm-hmm. it hurts to say, cause I do like the Cowboys and I like their offensive environment, but like Dak's not running anymore. 
So like he kind of fits that mold. Like you look at Kirk Cousins, like he's in that area. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa is in that area too. And then we'll probably talk a little bit more uh, about Tua in a second. But so like we want to focus on the archetypes that matter, like these guys that have that upside. So Anthony Richardson is a big standout. He's like, I want to monitor. I think Deshaun Watson still fits in that. He does take a step of faith. And obviously if anyone doesn't just want to outright have Deshaun Watson on our team, no, no issues with me, man. Cross them off your list. But he does fit that archetype of guys. We've seen it before that can run. And when he did come back last year, as bad as he was as a passer, he ran for 28 yards per game. So he does still have that kind of in his range of outcomes. But you kind of want to avoid those the, the pocket passers out of that tier because you can arbitrage those guys. Like, what are you getting out of Kirk Cousins that you aren't getting out of Geno Smith, that you aren't getting out of Jared Goff? And then the other thing you start to factor in is when you're picking guys out of that bucket is you got to start looking at like these early season schedules, right? Like this is where you start to incorporate some of your strength to schedule stuff because yeah, you're not going to do it for Jalen hurts. If he's got like a, you know, hard schedule, he doesn't at, in, until the end of the year anyways, but like, you're not going to do Josh fade Josh Allen because he, he fades faces a good team like early in the season, right? Like he does. But when you start to talk about some of these other quarterbacks, like you look at Tua's schedule, his opening month is pretty rough. Uh, and he was a guy that didn't have any good fantasy games against good defenses last year. Um, you look at Aaron Rodgers, right? He's he's in that area. The the first six games for the Jets are absolutely miserable uh, yeah. to open the season. So, like, are you going to be confident in starting Aaron Rodgers on a new team when he opens the season, you know, against the Bills, against the Cowboys, uh, all these teams uh, in that area, uh, the Patriots, the Broncos, the Eagles before his bye week in week seven? Um, and then you look at Geno Smith. He's got a great opening six games. He does have the early week five bye, which shows a little bit well, of a wrench of things. Earn dog, let's pull up the next group then. So, sorry to cut you off there, but yeah, so so you're not so from that. I, I'm with you there. Like Kirk Cousins, he has no interest in running the ball, not even doing QB sneaks. And people forget that, like a guy like Tom Brady, at least not mobile, but at least he was like the best QB sneak quarterback of all time. Like at least he would steal some of those touchdowns. Whereas like Kirk Cousins has zero interest. Uh, so I'm with you maybe fade that group so of this group I kind of separated these three guys because I feel like from that other group I'm not sure if you it sounds like you agree that maybe you just fade that other group and go for these guys uh, how early are you willing to go for a guy like Anthony Richardson or or Jones or, or Gino yeah so it, it, you know if Anthony Richardson is there and I'm comfortable with like kind of where I am structurally in terms of like we're I'm, I'm a, I've got my wide receiver core built out and you got I'm talking to having depth too because you need more wide receivers or bust rates injuries you know playing some matchups uh and you know like I'm just comfortable with my roster right like I feel really good about my core skill playing group at wide receiver and running back then I think it's fine to take that on uh at there but he's not a guy i want because like he's anthony richardson is, is a buzzy name so like there might be someone in your home league that's just like yo i'm gonna get anthony richardson like you know i can right. see a lot of home leagues playing out like that oh, uh yeah. there will be that guy that there will be that guy yeah he's he's that guy watson probably is the guy that lasts because you'll probably have a group of people that don't want him right um but like then then you're kind of just waiting and then i'm looking at like the goffs and genos like because golf is another one of these guys you look at his opening three games he opens with the chiefs which potential shootout uh we don't even know if chris jones is going to play in that game two weeks from you know now uh then he plays the seahawks in week two and remember jared goff was the qb1 against the seahawks last year in a game where amon ross st brown didn't even play and then he's got the falcons a week after i, I expect the falcons to be improved defensively but like we're talking about them early in the season do they are they gelled at that point Stuff like so you're getting like some of that early season start. That's when you start incorporating the strength of schedule to some of these guys because right. you're able to arbitrage the passing from those guys. Daniel Jones is the trickiest guy for me, right? Because he has that rushing, but he's not the kind of like uh Konami rusher that's like consistent. 
Like Daniel Jones will have a game where he runs for 50 yards and then he'll have a game where he runs for like 10, right? Like it's, he, he looks like he looks like when he runs, he, he doesn't run, he doesn't look anything like Lamar Jackson, the other guys. He looks like a businessman that's like trying to catch a cab in the rain. Like he's like, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't, he looks like he's running against his wishes, right? And then you look at the Giants and you look at Daniel Jones first. And last year, he had no good games against the good defenses. Literally, his over under for passing touchdowns right now at books is 17 and a half. Uh, so we know like no one's really factoring any passing. He was 30th in passing points per game for quarterbacks last year. His, his best game against the good defense was the Eagles in a game where he did have the rushing. I think he ran for 28 yards and a touchdown that game. But all of his other good games, Bears, Lions, Colts, all bad defenses. Then you look at the Giants' schedule. They have our 32nd ranked passing schedule. He opens yeah. against the Cowboys, a team he was bad against both games. He's at the 49ers in week three, the Dolphins in week five, the Bills in week six, the Jets in week eight, the Cowboys again in week 10, the Patriots in week 12, all before his bye. And from a, a stance of Daniel Jones, like he does give you that rushing upside to say like he could rush for a touchdown or he could give us uh, some jailbreak rushing points. But are you, from a confidence stance, ever going to be expecting ceiling weeks from Daniel no. Jones in those games? You're probably not, right? So he's three probably touch- I mean, three touchdowns. We- this guy, look at the last couple of years. What, 10, 11? Last year, he threw for 15 touchdowns, right? Like his his rookie year with 24 was his best year in terms of touchdowns. He hasn't come close to that. So when they yeah. say 17 touchdowns in a 17-game season, <laughs> I'd be shy. But you're just we not going to be expecting ceiling weeks from him in like those weeks. So like cops, so like that makes him already more of like a two QB guy for me than a one QB guy. So yeah, I'm, I mean, the guys, when I get like fired walled off at the position, like you laid out, I'm monitoring where Richardson and Watson go. Then I'm immediately kicking the can until like, unless Dak falls, then I'm looking at Geno and Goff. Yeah. I mean, but the thing with Watson that people forget is that like, Say what you like. Obviously, he's got the personal issues, and if you want to take him off your board for that, go ahead. I'm not going to because I just care about fantasy points and all time. If you take all the quarterbacks all time and sort by fantasy points per game, Deshaun Watson is three, number three behind like you know. It, it, it's tough to argue against a guy that's been essentially top five every time he's played. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And we got to really go back to like Dante Culpepper to be like the last guy that was as good as Deshaun Watson and just stopped being good. And he was even a little older than Watson is now, who's only going right. to be 28 this year. And he had he came off the knee injury. I mean, Watson's had two knee injuries, but and then Randy Moss retired. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> or well, he retired as left. Right. Yeah, no Chris Carter, no Randy Moss. That, that'll hurt you. But I mean, this guy hasn't. I mean, D- Deshaun Watson, the, the other part is that like, like with Russell Wilson, you can at least say, okay, well, you know, maybe a lot of it was. Uh, the coaching, maybe it was Pete Carroll and the system, but with Deshaun Watson, it's just been a mess with the Texans. It's been all over the place. He hasn't had consistent weapons, hasn't had consistent coaching yet. I mean, he went four and 12 and threw like 30 something touchdown passes with only like seven picks. I, I don't know how he was so good on such a bad team, but I mean, we've seen him through a ton of adversity already. So if it just comes together a little bit, he could be a value there. Uh, but you, I know you mentioned two QB leagues. So why don't we pivot to that? Uh, Earn Dog, pull up that next group. We've talked a little bit about some of these guys, but. If you're getting into super flex and two QB, super popular now, uh, you say, let's say you already, you waited, you did get Deshaun Watson as your first QB. Now you need a second QB. Who do you feel most comfortable with from this crew? Um, or, or what's your strategy going in? Because I know, again, the sharp way to play it a lot of times is not to say, oh, well, I'm just going to make sure I get this guy. It's mm-hmm. to say, hey, here are the guys that I'm, I'm comfortable taking if they slide and just, you know, take a couple guys off your board and just monitor it. It's yeah, so, different than other positions, really. Yeah, so in two QB leagues, I love the kind of approach that I have with running backs. You know, a lot of people have talked about, you know, anchor running back or hero running back, right, where you get kind of an elite guys, then you kind of build the platoon. I love that strategy in two quarterback leagues. 
uh, like I said, the, so the first two guys I'm monitoring are, you know, Gino and Goff. And obviously if they, you know, I can't land those guys, like if, you know, say Goff's out of this group, you know, then the next guys I'm looking at are definitely Kenny Pickett. Uh, the Steelers are due like a wealth of passing touchdown regression to the mean. Like, I mean, obviously Kenny Pickett had a 1.8% touchdown rate last year. There is no way that's going to happen. Obviously Deontay Johnson's going to Gross. catch a touchdown pass this year. Walter uh, Payton has more career touchdown passes than Kenny Pickett. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't want to get like super into like the preseason, like hype stuff, but just like, you know, just buying base rate, like them bouncing back to the base rate is going to be like a huge pro. Um, It'll happen. And, and the thing is, you look at, I, I look at like Jalen Waddle and Terry Hill last year and where they were going ADP, Tua kind of had to outperform value where they would have been big time busts. I look at Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson and George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth. Like if Kenny Pickett doesn't, I mean, if he doesn't take a big step forward, there's going to be a lot of disappointed fantasy gamers, which kind of, kind of puts me on the path of maybe I will get some exposure to Kenny Pickett, you know? Yeah, and then if you're just looking from like a schedule stance, uh, you know, Jordan Love has our number one passing schedule of the season. And like he's kind of a wild card because like I don't think people realize too, like he's got a little Konami in him. Like he he's a decent athlete and he can run a little bit. Uh, great schedule. You're, you're worried about them just maybe tempo playing slow. They definitely have the the look of a top-down team that wants to run the football a lot. Uh, the Saints are the same way. Saints have a great schedule, but again, they're a team that were from weeks eight eight on last year the saints were dead last in the nfl plays by a wide margin they add jamal williams they draft running back and second round. like this is a team that if they have a chance to grind the hell out of the football really feel like they're going to uh so it does scare me a little bit and then uh brock purdy i mean why not just take a shot like mm. everything's kind of priced in right like i'm kind of the i was kind of down on like people just like factoring in the five game splits of brock purdy and saying this is what he's this quarterback. I think there's a lot of questions. He's definitely not gonna have a 9% touchdown rate like he did when he came in. Uh, but you, when you look at just the playmakers he has, like he just has to get the football to those 49ers guys. And the best thing about Purdy is you don't have to get the 49ers guys, right? Like you don't have to take Debo Samuel at wide receiver 20. You don't have to have Brandon Ayuk fight for these targets. You have to have George Kittle have like that spike. You just soak in like Purdy getting the ball to all these great players right. and you take him. So I love to get two of like those guys. If I can get two of those guys, the one guy that really bums me out that I really want. And I know you had some funny tweets about him because I was high on Sam Howell as a prospect, but dude, the commander's schedule is an abject nightmare like it is brutal right it is yeah. horrible it's the so same I, thing with the giants with they're playing the afc yeah. east and it's yeah it's man I, I don't know where vegas is finding six and a half wins for that team because i go look at that schedule i'm not finding more i mean you fun. get that great open so you have if you have how on two qb leagues like you fire them up week one they're playing the cardinals, cardinals. you feel great about it. but then look at this afterwards broncos bills eagles are the next three Yikes. uh that's rough then he gets a nice little reprieve but then you still have eagles patriots you have the cowboys the dolphins that the fantasy playoffs he plays the jets and the 49ers like nightmare that's tough man robert it's tough. sala and other robert sala it's tough i mean the, the adp is fine and stuff but like yeah it's really it's uh, really tough and i think the funny thing is like you know the thing with twitter is like you know half the stuff i'll send it if it's funny so the sam howell stuff <laughs> dude yeah you know what i mean like you gotta understand that there's there's a bit of memory going on but i've come around a bit he i mean he looked he's obviously faster than the he he hasn't run a 40 in a long time he's clearly faster on field than than we say and i you know he can if he plays well be. if he plays well through this schedule then like washington's got something right for sure and the the, the, the only thing i worry about for dynasty for a guy like sam howell is a new group just bought the team yeah and what's the easiest way to put your stamp on 
on a new organization than yeah, to you tell me magic johnson doesn't want caleb williams that's what i'm saying 100%. <laughs> like it could literally be like they looked at sam howell and jacoby Brissett, and jacoby was just better in practice and they were like this sam guy that's our guy right like let's let's get those l's up on the board i mean i watched the jets fire adam gase because he finally got the jets winning games right some of these teams want to tank the cardinals clearly want to want to come in last right so uh i don't you never know with that but i mean kind of exciting Kind of exciting. What Matt Stafford? Are you doing any Matt Stafford at all? Or are you just out on that? Uh two QB league only, like part of a two no problem with it. I still have some faith in Sean McVay, right? Like I don't think that we should just total like the Rams are gonna be better than they were last year. Like it's impossible for them to be worse, really. Right. And Stafford's healthy, you know, will like I said, you still have the McVay factor. The offensive line's by just by product gonna be healthier than it was last year. So two QB leagues only, but again, not not one of these guys that's gonna give you any rushing, but whatever right, well let, let's talk let's talk about the deep deep boys and again adp goes out the window completely here right does not matter at all um so why don't you go ahead and say something nice about my boy mac jones ah i mean <laughs> the, the the thing about mac jones was is that the offense was was good two years ago when he had a real offensive coordinator right like people right. forget that the patriots were top eight in points per drive scoring rate per drive and mac jones's rookie season also, as much as a as a donkey as a head coach Josh McDaniels is, and he's not a great field person, like, dude, you look what he did last year with Derek Carr too. Like the Raiders right. were again top six points per drive. Like the dude, there's a reason why Josh McDaniels keeps getting all these opportunities to fail as a head coach, and it's because the dude can coach offense. Like it just exactly. is what it is. Exactly. Uh, he should settle in eventually just to be a coordinator because I mean it's, it's a yeah. different job. It's a different job. But and we've seen that with like Dan Quinn. Like Dan Quinn's a guy, right? Like yes. we like you are a defensive coordinator, buddy. And that's you were made to be it, and there's nothing wrong with it. Like right. you are Phillips, <laughs> right? Like those type guys where you know, yeah, that should be your one job. And the thing the thing that sucks is some of those guys they go on to be a head coach and then they never want to come back and do it where they probably should have. Like Rex Ryan probably should have just been a defensive coordinator and and hung around a little bit. Some of these guys at least. So um and but all right well i'll let you pick your own guy instead of having to pick my guy here Uh, well i think that i think there's a default that makes a you even a guy like grapple alive but i mean i'm looking at guys like ritter and stroud and you know kind of bryce young in that area just because Mm -hmm. we don't know where the upside lies right like they could be outright failures too but we know we're getting a little sprinkler rushing the falcon situation is is just really good the infrastructure of the offense is good the schedule is good uh, Ritter was really bad last year in the sample he played though and I wasn't high on him coming out it's just a guy to, to kind of like you said at this point of the draft just we're just tacking on to these TQB rosters and hoping we, we find something it's, uh, it so speaks the, to how important the quarterback position is when you look the the Falcons had one of the best off seasons I've seen in a long time like the, I feel like they they brought the guys they wanted to bring back like McGarry and uh and the other mm-hmm. linemen there they brought Keith Smith back they dra- they got Bijan Robinson. Uh, you know, they have Kyle Pitts. They have uh, obviously Drake London. They made improvements on defense. They didn't lose any of their guys, and they brought in a bunch of guys. And still, with a great offseason like that, we sit here and we say, well, all that matters is the quarterback, right? It's it's kind of crazy, man. It's kind of crazy that a team like that, if they landed Derek Carr instead of the Saints, we'd be looking at this team and we'd be fired up. But instead, we're like, eh. And I still have a lot on Falcons futures, man, too. They're definitely their yeah. win total I'm already invested in and potential Ooh. division winner. So what line did you get them at? What, 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 what <laughs> seven and a half? Seven and a half. When no, no, I mean, they, yeah, they could easily win that division. It's, it's yeah, I mean, uh, so so yeah, I mean, those, those are just kind of the guys that we're looking at at that point. And you know, we hate Arthur Smith for fantasy football. He clearly yeah. hates fantasy football, but we have a pretty large sample that Arthur Smith is a pretty good play caller and play designer. 
Uh, and it's a bummer that he has fancy football. He's been play designer for like Navy. Like I don't want. <laughs> why? You see the depth chart he released? It has the starter starting lineup has twelve guys on it, in and in, including a fullback Keith Smith and like two tight ends. This it's, guy, the only only two wide receivers is just. Uh, he's trolling us, man. It's it's on purpose, dude. Because he, Kyle Pitts, I was just talking about it last episode where his he's like top five in yards per route run when he lines up at wide receiver, and even in the preseason games he. Had seven snaps in line, one out wide. Like Arthur Smith is determined to turn Kyle Pitts into Jason Witten somehow. Yeah, just keep the faith. You know, I I was arguing with someone of this on the on Twitter about a week ago about Kyle Pitts, and they were telling me he shouldn't be the tight end one in Dynasty, and I think that's bonkers because Travis Kelsey didn't even catch a pass in the NFL until he was uh, a couple weeks before his 25th birthday. Right. He, you know, we've already got a thousand yard season for a dude that was 21 years old. Just 21. keep the faith. Have some patience. Just relax. Even if you don't get the, the Kyle Pitts run out in 2023, this dude is immensely talented. Keep the faith. So much time. Dude, Zach Ertz has one 1,000-yard season when he was 28. Del- Delaney Walker didn't break out till he was like 31. So, I mean, it, t- it it might take time, but I'm in with you, man. Now's the yeah. time to go get him for cheap. All right, before I get you out of here, Rich, uh, I want to ask one more actual fantasy question, then I'll let you plug some stuff. Uh, there are a lot of very deep formats. There are some – it's not just us being sickos in fantasy football anymore. Around the industry, people are getting crazy. My buddies from home are like, you know, let's do Superflex. Let's do all this crazy stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you know, leagues where you just draft every single player. Uh, if you had to pick your favorite backup, uh, and you can go either way you want with it, whether you want to say who's most likely to actually play or who would have the highest upside if they did get a chance to play. But if we're going backups here in like deep Superflex, is there anybody that you're like, you know what? I'll throw, you know, 30 round draft. I'll throw this guy on the bench or on the taxi or something. Yeah. I mean, the obvious guy is Sam Darnold, right? Like, I mean, yeah. just because what if Purdy, this five game sample was just a flash in the pan. We've seen some guys in this system uh, before pop, you know, Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard, uh, right. Brian Hoyer, even for that little bit uh, before, like, so we've seen that before and Darnold was actually pretty good last year, that final month of the season with the Panthers. So, and, and Darnold's only 26 years old. I think people forget that. Like it's crazy. pretty, cr- it's crazy to think about. It. He's only 26 years old. So he's going to hang out. So like, he's the guy that stands out the most. Um, I wish I had any faith in Mariota if he had the quarterback, but Jesus, he's looked so even awful this preseason. He was so bad last year. I know. You'd love dude. to say, like, if he got a chance to play with the Eagles infrastructure, you'd be excited, but like, Jesus, man. Uh, he's, Every he's, once in a while, he just flashes, man. Still, like, he just makes a play or has a game, and I'm like, hmm, maybe. What if, you know? Yeah, I mean, either of the Titans guys are probably drawn live, uh, you know, if they get a chance to play, uh, just because they are mobile. Um, that's probably about it. Uh, obviously, you know, you still have Huntley down there. If Huntley gets a chance to play, he's and, – and, you know, Huntley playing with what the Ravens have built now compared to what Huntley did the last two years, like when he's coming in with a bunch of vagabonds throwing into Demarcus Robinson. Because, like, that just showed you how good Lamar Jackson was last year, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, it's like this is what Lamar Jackson was working with, and they were Lamar still did. somehow good. And then it just gets exposed when you remove a talent like Lamar Jackson off the field. But yeah. now you have Monken, and, you know, they're going to play actually three wide receiver sets. And Ravens fans like, why can't Tyler Huntley throw it to Devin DuVernay? What happened? What's going on here? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bummer that the Ravens uh, waited till they had to pay their quarterback $260 million to, like, structure the offense around him. But, hey, 
Uh, it, 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 what makes up for it is that the Tyler Huntley, like <laughs> the contracts that you can give these or force upon these restricted free agents, it's like an indentured servitude. Like Tyler Huntley, people are like, why doesn't he get traded to another team? He's literally free. Yeah. He can't leave. Like he literally, he couldn't, there's no, no escape. Why even have restricted free agency when, you know, it's the most obvious move in the world to keep that guy. It's just crazy. Um, yeah, no one's and, giving them a second round pick for. <laughs> does he have to sit down and actually put pen to paper on that contract? Like they make him sign. Cause he, he has no choice. Right. But like, do they actually say like, you have to sit down and, sign, and actually physically sign the contract? It's just. It's yeah, crazy I'll say that the answer is just basically not Kyle Trask. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Perfect. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, well, thank you for joining us dude. the Konami QB Swami breaking it down. And you actually have a show on this channel, better sports. I Network. Do. Yeah. Tell everybody about what you got going on both with the show and everything else. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I have a show on, on better sports network uh, at 12 o'clock Eastern every Thursday in season with my guy, Ray Summerlin. Uh, so look for that in season. Um, so definitely look forward to being able to talk about some actual games, right? Like I said, I'm starting to prep the week one worksheet yeah, yeah. and like, I, I care about, cause this is where like, I'm the best at, I'm better at like the in-season calibration stuff, uh, recognizing trends, you know, playing DFS, like that's my strength. Uh, exactly, and yeah. I can't wait to analyze these games. Uh, but if you do like anything else uh, that I had to say on this show, want to check out the draft kit that we put together at Sharp Football Analysis, head over there. Anyone listening to this can use the code promo code SHARP50 and get 50% off uh, that if you're drafting this weekend and next. Go, go hit that up. Yeah, there you go, dude. I, that Sharp Angles podcast, man, just listen to you guys. Even listening to you guys talk about offensive line is captivating. I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling it, man. So uh, keep up the good work, dude, and we look forward to that in-season stuff. Absolutely, guys. Good luck the rest of the draft season. Yeah. Cheers, man. All right. Now we're going to let our buddies from FFPC say a little something real quick, and then I'm going to get into the deeper dynasty players, just like we've been doing with the other positions. We just sorted out pretty much the whole landscape. I mean, he just told you uh, we got all the way down to uh, Sam Darnold. All right. So now we're going to get into the deep dynasty stuff. Let's hear from FFPC. We'll be right back. Reese Hall right now, uh, and I've talked to plenty of high stakes players. I'm sure you have too, Kev. Had Hall not torn his ACL last year, he might have been the 101 in drafts this year. That's how good he was looking last year, and obviously with the addition of Aaron Rodgers. At the 305, running back 11 behind Derrick Henry and Roger Stevenson, right ahead of Jameer Gibbs and Najee Harris. Your thoughts on him as a, as a mid-third-round pick? How have you been attacking him? Have you been getting him at that spot so far this year? Yeah, if I start out with two wide receivers, Brees Hall is right at the top of the queue coming into the third. Um, if I knew he'd be healthy for week one, I'm I was still a little. Well, he'd be going I, higher than yeah. He'd be going higher right. than the mid third. Right. He he certain he may go one one oh well, RB one at least. Yeah. Um. But I don't think we know that even if he's healthy in spring and the summer, mm-hmm. I still like like. If I'm running a team, if I'm the coach, I'm bringing him back slow. Like, I, I'm, I, I, he's on a pitch count. Like, I want him for the end of the season because I got Aaron Rodgers for the playoffs, right? Like, if, even if he's fully healthy, I would work him in slow. But that is actually what you want. Like, mm-hmm. he's still going to get the high-value touches. So, yeah, if we know he's healthy, he's a first-rounder. So, like, if he's sitting there in the third – especially when I get two wide receivers to start. I'll take Paul all day. 
Yeah, it almost makes me think that the uncertainty with Brees Hall has made him unfairly fall too far, right? Like, right. Um, because of, you know, we're, we're talking about um, the team in, here in June. They're still hoping that he's ready for week one. This is not, oh, we'll see what happens. Oh, we're taking it day by day. Oh, we're liking always coming along. No, they, they still think by week one. And the fact that we have that timeline, I think, maybe bumps him up, especially as the drafting season gets deeper and deeper here in July and August. Maybe we start seeing him go up the boards uh, as well. baby we are back 1912 i see you in the chat you said get into the yang tight ends we actually just did that episode on monday i broke down uh usually what i've been doing is i have the guest come on in the second segment to break down the specific strategy like we just did late round qb uh, kevin Tompkins came on to do uh zero rb last on monday i broke down tight end and i just did the second segment myself i did the first two myself and just broke down the entire tight end landscape uh, so go check that episode out. It's up on Spotify, Apple, Amazon. It's on YouTube. Uh, it's uh, David Gautieri. We have the guests come on third segment to do the dynasty stuff. That's how we've been doing these ones. This is the last one. And then next week, we're just going to get straight into some sleepers and busts. And we're just going to straight up go through the, a draft and tell you the targets and the, the guys we don't want. It's we're it's crunch time now. We have to just go through and say, hey, this is what we're actually doing. So that's what we're doing uh, wrap this week. We're just going to wrap up quarterback. We just went through the full top to bottom first two segments. Now I'm going to hit you with some sleepers in dynasty or honestly, some guys that I'm just targeting guys that I'm trading for. And as rich pointed out last, last segment, one of the big things he said about looking for later quarterbacks and, and looking for, um, you know, backup quarterbacks or, or things like that. This is the one position where the smoke is most important because it is a truly linear depth chart. It's truly linear in the sense that at running back, you know, Jalen Warren can be hyped up all he wants, right? Even if Jalen Warren were to hypothetically hypothetically become the quote-unquote RB1, Najee Harris isn't going anywhere. He's going If Najee Harris is the RB2, it doesn't look any different than what it looked like with Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott together, right? So at that position where it's not linear, and same with wide receiver. Like on some teams, who cares if Mike Evans is the wide receiver one and Chris Godman's a wide receiver two? It doesn't really matter. I mean, wide receiver doesn't even work like that because it's split end and flanker and slot. But even if it were, they're going to play anyway. At quarterback, that's not how it works. This isn't, you know, Miami with Tim Tebow and Chris Leak, right? This isn't, I guess with Taysom Hill, maybe the one exception, but he really doesn't play. It's a linear depth chart, like punter. You don't have two punters. You have one punter and then there's a backup punter. So a quarterback, when there is smoke, sometimes there's a catalyst where the guy gets the job. Dak Prescott takes over for Tony Romo, and Tony Romo goes away. I mean, and we've even seen it at the craziest, lowest levels. I mean, we could say Tom Brady's a fluke all we want, but he took over for a 10-year, $100 million man in Drew Bledsoe. Brock Purdy just beat out a third overall pick, Trey Lance. As the last pick in the draft, Brock Purdy just did that, and now Sam Darnold's ahead of Trey Lance as well. These these catalysts can have monster impacts because there's one job. So when I look around, I look at situations like the Browns with all the moving parts there and all the sentiment there. Like Dorian Thompson Robinson was so good this preseason 
that they decided to move their other quarterback. A guy, Joshua Dobbs, that came in and played for the Titans last year when they needed a guy, played coming off the street over Malik Willis. So we know Joshua Dobbs can kind of ball, and this other guy can ball. And if Deshaun Watson isn't the big dog, then maybe Dorian Thompson Robinson takes over. Maybe they decide, you know what, this Deshaun Watson experiment never worked, doesn't work, people don't like it, so we're going to move on and do that. That's one side of it. The other side, Joshua Dobbs now just goes to the Cardinals where it's wide open over there. This new regime has no allegiance to Colt McCoy, right? They Clayton Toon, they drafted him. He couldn't beat out Colt McCoy, it seems, right? David Blau, who cares? So it's entirely possible. Dustin points out in the chat, great point. Russ beat out Matt Flynn, who signed a massive contract. Massive contract. The Seahawks traded for Drew Locke and Geno Smith won. And then Geno Smith was awesome. So that's what we want to look for. We want to look for uh, smoke wherever we can find it. Uh, for me, there are some guys that I'm targeting in Dynasty uh, at every level right now, uh, especially in super flex leagues, but even in, even in single QB. So uh, we're going to look at, as always, Dynasty FFPC ADP over there. Di- again, FFPC gold-plated leagues. Uh, according to Eric Bachman from FFPC, they've never had a Dynasty League fold. They've never had one fold. People will leave, they'll come, they'll go, but they bring people in to replace them. And you can play leagues over there from $100 up to 5000 So it doesn't get more heavy hitter than that. If you're serious about this, this is the place where serious gamers play. And if you want to play, go over there, use uh, go to myffpc.com, use promo code ALARM, and they'll uh, give you 25 bucks when you deposit 35 or more. That's for first-time uh, de- depositors. You know, First time, go over there, get that in there. They'll give you a little dough. And you can either do a startup draft or you can go for the ultimate challenge. right? You know, Doing a startup draft, that's like climbing Everest, but everyone's kind of doing that these days. It seems cool, but it's not what the hardcore gamers are doing. The hardcore climbers are going over to Annapurna, and they're climbing the mountain where like, one third of the people die trying to get to the top. That's picking up an orphan league. That's going, picking up a team that somebody abandoned. And you say, come here, my little sweet orphan team. I'm going to raise you into the greatest, healthiest team of all time. And the most fun part about that is that you can trade away all those other players. You have no allegiance to those players. Like tearing apart an orphan team is probably the most fun you can have. So what I've been doing, I look at guys like Kyler Murray, QB 13, Still only 26 years old. We talked about Sam Darnold, 26, just a moment ago. Still only 26 years old. Here's how he's finished in points per game in his first four seasons. QB 12 as a rookie, QB 5, QB 4, QB 7. This is a player that is top five all time in fantasy points per game. And I don't care if he's with the Cardinals or if he's with somebody else. I mean, I guess it would be if he plays for the Oakland slash Las Vegas Athletics, that would matter, right? Unless you have some sort of crossover baseball football league. But I don't care if the Cardinals want to move on. This guy's got to go somewhere else and do his little scamper around thing and score a bunch of fantasy points. So it doesn't matter to me. I'm buying Kyler Murray QB 13. If he's top five all time, all he has to do is get healthy and come back and he has many more years to play. So Kyler Murray, I'm interested in. We talked about him earlier, so I won't go too deep. Too deep. Mac Jones, QB 28. This guy finished QB 18 as a rookie and had the second highest completion percentage all time as a rookie behind only Dak Prescott, right? He was QB 3, 23 last year. And he's going QB 28 now. And we expect Bill O'Brien to come in and be better. Bill O'Brien orchestrated two of the greatest offenses of all time in NFL history, 2011 Patriots. And he was part of the 2007 Patriots. Those are two of the greatest offenses of all time. And they kind of rebuilt something very similar. I know it's Tom Brady, isn't that? Mac Jones isn't Tom Brady. And Hunter Henry and Mike Kosecki aren't Gronk and Hernandez. And 
you know, Juju Smith-Schuster isn't Wes Welker, but those guys can play a similar role. And in your two QB Superflex leagues, Mac Jones can easily be a guy that you start every week. I mean, as a rookie, he was QB 18, which is squarely in lineups in Superflex and two QB. And the last one I'll talk about is a very deep player. And I know Dustin in the chat is a fan of this player. It's Hendon Hooker. I look at teams like, you know, the Eagles and the Chiefs where they uh, they had okay quarterbacks in Alex Smith and Carson Wentz, but Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes came up behind and started for these teams that were already ready to go. If they move on from Jared Goff, this team is already fully built. And what if Hendon Hooker is just awesome? They drafted him. What if he is? Who knows? Like he's coming off an injury, so he's probably not going to play this year, but I'm stashing a lot of Hendon Hooker. I think you should do the same. He's QB 35. And if you want to do that, go over to my FFPC dot com use promo code alarm they'll give you 25 bucks when you deposit 35 or more and you can go and do a startup and get these guys easily at adp or pick up an orphan team and just start trading away other people's assets that they left behind uh just start going crazy that that it truly is the most fun so go over there and set that up uh you know listen to the smoke out there i know we only have a minute left uh we're gonna go right up to it here listen to the smoke there's smoke on sam darnold and tyler huntley as uh rich rebar pointed out last segment Stetson Bennett looked pretty good. Matthew Stafford, who knows? He could retire, man. Like, he's banged up. Like, look at Big Ben, uh, Tony Romo, Jay Cutler. Guys that play the way he do, they don't last long. And then another one, Aiden O'Connell. Kind of interesting. Jimmy G doesn't do it. Maybe he'll be the guy. Anyway, that's it for us. We got to go follow us on YouTube. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Amazon. Coops, Fantasy Football Fiasco. We're doing it all year, and we're getting you ready for your leagues. Hang tight after this. Britt Flynn is on Better Sports Network, hitting the news, hitting everything important with Brits Blitz coming up next. Thank you guys for joining us. Good luck in your drafts this weekend.